Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is Hi, and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, March the 4th, 2016, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. I should probably push my unmute button there. Yes, that would work. Thank you, sweetie. Welcome, everybody. We're honored that you're here to join us one more time. And we are just in the throes after five weeks of having a house filled with 13 people or so are now in the process of what, when my kids were small, we used to call the bug out. That means taking everything that we've unpacked over the last five weeks and put into every nook and cranny of the house and and undoing it from every nook and cranny of the house and seeing if we can get it all to fit back in the trailer. You know, it's kind of like one of those things that comes from Japan and you wonder once you take it out of the box if it'll ever go back in. Well, we're kind of at that stage. I've been sitting in the trailer for the last couple of hours and moving little things around to... Uh, to make them back and get on the road tomorrow. We've completed uh, 32 days of intensives over the last 35 days and had just uh, an amazing closure this morning with the uh, the group that was there. And if anybody that's driving is listening, we hold a, a space of safety and blessing for your travel and your return homeward and that uh, everything that processes in your mind just takes you to the next level. The uh, the group we had for the last 16 days started out uh, in a really awesome space with their personal quote evaluation scores. First time we've ever done an intensive with everybody in the upper one third of the uh, the score possibilities. Never have had an intensive with that kind of happening before, and the the depth, the comprehension, the process, the insanity that surfaced, the insanity that healed, the uh, the, the bringing together of a group of people was just uh, most amazing, most amazing. And so by tomorrow morning, we'll be checking out of this house and on the road back to Allenton, where we'll spend the next few months editing videos and getting a rewrite of why is this happening to me again, Don, and getting 
the uh, Healing the Generations, One Breath at a Time, that Jeannie's working on, completed. And uh, see what unfolds next for Why Is This Happening to Me Again? We're honored to be here to support you. And the whole purpose is to uh, to create as close as we can without doing all the uh, the things that happen in an actual intensive. Like, for instance, I don't know if you've looked at any of the food pictures. I put a couple of uh, of our menus on the website last week. And... The food was just, uh, Ari just out, outdid himself. It was kind of fun. The other day he was, uh, we're doing the class and he's sitting in the the back of the room doing the food, getting things together. And I asked him to, uh, or I got everybody to turn around and have a look as uh, Ari was sitting there asking the bowl of, I'm not even sure exactly what it was that he was preparing, what it needed next. And uh, so was definitely fun, but let, let me just share. If you, if you think that uh, raw food is boring, let's see. On day eleven, our dinner was a pecan pate, a Mediterranean olive salad with black rice, which was just awesome. Dill slaw, cashew slaw. We had fresh pickles, a kale pate, tomato marinade. We had five different kinds of fresh sprouts. We had rainbow chard salad. We had nori rolls. Uh, we had a rainbow charred carrot apple soup. We had Asian kale with a live miso dressing and fresh romaine with red pepper walnut dressing. And then for dessert, we had this awesome, well, that was actually last night, I guess we had the awesome uh, chocolate cherry cake, uh, mousse cake, which was just, I was all raw, all fresh, all just food, which, um, you know, they said it couldn't be done, but uh, but Ari does it and uh, most amazingly, so... We appreciate his his input in in our food program and the vitality that it gives people to uh, to raise themselves to the next level of aliveness, where heretofore hidden dynamics are able to surface and uh, and come into the space for healing. So, we're uh, if you're uh, if you're ready to uh, experience an intensive, you could look at the uh, the schedule. We won't be actually we're complete now till uh, we get back to Heartland this summer. We've got no workshop scheduled, although we may set something up in in uh, Copenhagen, uh, Denmark. I'm not sure, but uh, we're working on that conversation, seeing what develops. But otherwise, we're settled into Ellington, Florida, for the next few months to uh, to do that writing and editing. Beyond that, one of the uh, the workshops, the, the two intensives that we did, one was Laws of Living, which is uh, Many people say, well, oh, you've got some laws. Give me a copy of them. Let me read them so I can follow them. It's like, no, no, that's not how it works in the Aramaic. That's that's what kings want you to believe so that you will buy into what the king says and you'll follow what he calls law, which is nothing but a the merest shadow of law you can imagine. Anything men have ever passed can never stand up to the standard of law. They call it the practice of law. Uh, law is a result of eternal forces. So gravity is an eternal force. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It doesn't. Gravity doesn't care what you think about it. Gravity is not going to bend one iota, no matter what you say. And if you don't harmonize with it, you know, gravity can become a pretty tough collision. And gravity is 
invisible force. You, you can't see it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. You can't smell it. But by God, if you step off a cliff, you know for sure that it's there. Did you know that there are eternal forces that operate in your mind for the operation of your mind, that operate in your body for the operation of your body, that operate in the realm of food, relationships, money, sex, all of those areas? There are energies that will work and you can harmonize with them, or there are energies that if you engage in them will destroy you. Well, actually, it won't be the energies that will destroy you. It will be your collision with those energies that will destroy you. Kind of like the person who has is totally ignorant of the law of gravity and steps off a cliff at the bottom. The collision is pretty heavy duty. And and so it is with all of the eternal forces. And, you know, men made up this something that's out there punishing them because they don't understand how these eternal forces operate. And so... Our 16-day study of laws of living was how to come into relationship with and into harmony with how these eternal forces operate, just the same way as the, the person who designs an airplane works in harmony with the law of gravity and flies. Pretty awesome. You know, you've got this heavy and machine that will carry a 1,000 people across the ocean. Now, anybody who doesn't know how to harmonize with gravity is never going to build that kind of a machine. In fact, it took many, many Many, many years and many lives lost, men trying to fly. And now, with an understanding of gravity, we build these machines. Well, many, many, many people have lost their lives, their sanity, their relationships, their finances, and their health because they didn't know how the eternal forces operated. And what Yeshua did was he came along 2,000 years ago and and anybody who hasn't looked at his Aramaic words, it's going to be hard for them to even get a clue of most of what he was talking about. Hard to get even a clue. But when you get back there, here's the person who understood how these eternal forces operated and knew that if you harmonized with those eternal forces, just like if you harmonize and understand the law of gravity, harmonize with and understand the law of gravity, you'll fly. Uh, life flies. And if we step into a place where we come into avoidable collision with those energetic forces, we end up paying a price because of our ignorance and not understanding. So that's what that whole study was about. And and it, it's about how to come into relationship with the, those eternal forces for humans that operate and make life fly just like those who understand the law of gravity get to fly. And then the uh, the first 16 days of the of the month we did a 16 day codependence to interdependence communication practicum. And that was a uh, a powerful process. And the uh the the point I I'd like to speak about today is in regard to the the work we do with codependence and recognizing that there is this power person dynamic that tends to operate in relationships. And when we live in a codependent world, and the codependent world is a world that comes from living in denial, and our definition of denial is pretty specific. When I think or speak as though something outside of me is the cause of something inside of me, then I'm living in denial. 
the result of living in denial is that there's information inside myself that when I deny, when I say to my mind, mind, you are not allowed to show me that I'm responsible for this rage that I've been through a thousand times with a hundred people. I want you to show me that it's all their fault. Well, the mind being an obedient servant and evidential device will show you that it's all somebody else's fault, but you know, sooner or later, you got to kind of get to recognize you've been through it 87 different times with 42 different people, and you're the only one that was there every time. Maybe it's about you. Maybe it's not about them. And what happens when we get into this power person dynamic, and in the codependence work, we define a power person as the person in your life that at some stage in your life had more power over your life than you did, and it was perceived by you as survival. Usually it's apparent, though not always. And the key is that that person who had more control over your life than you did was not functioning as love. And when they're not functioning as love, what happens is we learn to behave in certain ways that reflect off of and unconsciously mimic the power person and what they do. So there are basically three behaviors that tend to run people's lives. And what determines which behavior is active is the level of stress that a particular person is under. And so when there's no stress, you can just take a look at your own life and see if this fits for you. If you think about how you behaved in relationship to your power person, when there's no stress, the automatic decision system kicks in in the mind that inclines us toward or prompts us to behave in the way we did to get along with our power person. When stress starts to build, the tendency will be to do whatever we did to resist and survive with our power person. And then the third behavior when we become ultra-stressed, we'll do whatever our power person did to us that we hated the most. So if you just watch yourself under stress and watch the behaviors, the words that come out of your mouth, the behaviors that you do that you say, I never want to do that again, or the last time you did it, you said, I'm not going to do that again, you'll be looking at your power person's behavior reflected in your mind. And, you know, in the past we've talked about the uh, what I what I refer to as the three killer words of relationship. You know, relationships, you, know, you hear people who've been through a painful uh, internal experience and blame their relationship for it, and so they say things like, well, you know, I don't want to go into another relationship. I, I'm afraid our love will die or a relationship will end or, you know, some variation on the theme in that regard. And my input is that relationships never die They have to be murdered. And there are three killer words for relationship. And the three killer words are, you made me. When you utilize those words in relationship, what you're communicating to the person you're speaking to is that there's something going on inside of me that I don't want to own that's painful to me, and you did it to me. Now, be honest with yourself, and you knew that behavior and that pain long before you ever met the person you're currently blaming it on. 
But here's what happens when you use those killer words and why they murder relationships. Most people in their very early and formative years watched adults around them in pain and trauma. If you've ever watched a child when mom was in tears, you know, maybe a three-year-old or dad was in tears, what did the child do? They went over and they hugged and they patted mom or dad and tried to assure it would be okay and tried to fix it for them. Well, unfortunately, that doesn't often fix things for mom or dad. And the child watches the parent in their pain and trauma and starts to come to conclusions based upon that experience and usually already existent in genetics. And that is, when I couldn't fix the pain for mom or dad, the first thing that happens is a person forms a file in their mind called, it's my fault. You know, I don't think over the years I've ever worked with anybody from a divorced household who did not at some level think that the divorce was their fault, even if the divorce happened before they were born. So most people carry around a file with a lot of pain in it. The child who can't fix it for the parent, the child who's in empathy and pain around the parent, can't fix it for the parent and takes on self-blame. So that's file number one that's opened. And then another file is opened when they think it's their fault. They think, I can't fix it, therefore it's helpless. File number two, helpless. File number three, I should have been able to fix it. I'm a failure. So we've got fault, helpless, failure. And all of that tends to open a space in the child's mind to make up a reality about hopelessness. So most people are walking around with an unresolved file in, set of files in their minds that go failure, hopeless, helpless, fault, my fault, my failure, I'm hopeless, life is helpless, or I'm, I'm helpless, life is hopeless. So if you've ever gotten into a situation in your life where you're feeling like it's hopeless, go back and start looking at those files and clean them out, and you'll probably get free of your hopelessness. So those files are carried around in most people's minds at a hidden level of mind that we refer to as the dissociated mind. In the ancient Aramaic, it was called the heart. And when somebody says the three killer words for relationship, you made me, what comes up in most people is fault, failure, hopeless, helpless, and people leave. Now, their bodies may even stay in the relationship, but they leave. They're not there. And so, basically, when one uses those three killer words, what happens is all of that is resonated within their partner. Now, that's the short form 
of the relationship killer dynamic. There's a long form of the relationship killer dynamic. It usually takes a little longer to play out and destroy relationships. But each time it goes into activity in an uncontrolled way, in one mind or the other, or in both minds in the relationship, it begins to hammer on and weaken the structure of the relationship. And that one is the power person dynamic. Every time that one unconsciously plays out, you know, if the power person was super critical, then when the power person dynamic comes up in someone with relationship, then they'll step into being super critical. If someone was did rage, power person did rage, then every time that this person does rage, if a power person did blame and guilt and belittlement and degrading, use degrading words, then every time that power person dynamic plays out, it hammers on the structure of relationship and weakens it. So it's kind of the long form. Now, it is inevitable if you go into relationship because in order to go into true relationship, you have to go in through all of your own unconscious dynamics. It's inevitable that your power person dynamics are going to come into play in the relationship. That's why. Over 60% of relationships today end in divorce. That's why spouses kill each other, abuse each other, beat each other, terrorize each other. It's all the power person dynamic. And the alternative that we're offering is like, you can't escape that. You can't avoid that. It's going to play. It's just the way it is. The message is your power person delivered to you that you hated most. The way they were delivered the tone, the behavior, the look, the breath will be delivered in a similar way to what your power person did. And the alternative is that instead of unconsciously being lost in that, if you're observing the operation of your own mind, if you can become the thinker apart from your thoughts, the feeler apart from your feelings, the actor apart from your actions, and observe that in operation, then as you do, each time that little sucker peeks up its ugly head, that power person dynamic, you have the opportunity to capture it and forgive it, capture it and forgive it, capture it and forgive it, until you've fully addressed the power person dynamic and freed yourself of all inclination to behave in that direction. If when you're in the power person dynamic, you did what your power person did to you, and here's what they did, if if they are truly fitting the definition of a power person, then what happened was they weren't functioning as love. They did not know how to be responsible for the content of their own minds. And so they blamed the child. That child makes me so mad. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. You say you've got an eight month old baby that controls the output of your mind and makes you mad. Excuse me, are you insane? But take a look around at the culture. That's the common language, and and that's what happens. So what takes place there is that the, the power person uses the child in order to avoid being responsible for the contents of their own minds and cleaning it up. And what happens to the adult that grows out of that childhood, and so this just becomes 
a family dynamic, a family pattern. You say that's so familiar, it's part of the family dynamic. And so what happens is the child who is used by the power person to avoid being responsible for what's going on inside of them ends up growing up using the people around them, becoming a user to use other people to pretend that they must be responsible for the content of my mind. And so the dynamic just goes on from generation to generation to generation. And these are the generations that need to die off. And the root of the word generation is cause. You remember that story of the Jews wandering in the desert for 40 years. And, you know, when you think about that, it's a pretty bright group of people. How do you get lost in a 30-square-mile area for 40 years? It wasn't about a hot, sandy place. The desert is another term for the unconscious. And so people wander unconsciously paying, playing out these power person dynamics. The average person for about 40 years before, through experience, they start to scratch their heads and start to suspect, hmm, I have been through this 87 different times with 42 different people. My God, maybe I'm actually involved in my life, and it isn't all them. It's a big insight to come. And just to be able, when you're, when you're in upset, when your gut wants to grind, you want to shake your fist, you want to raise your voice, you want to give somebody the look, at that moment to just whisper to yourself the words, this is about me, rather than using the people around you to avoid responsibility for what you're doing to yourself. This is about me. Then... In the moment when those dynamics come up, and again, they are going to come up. You have no choice about that. And if you think you're exempt from the power person dynamic, stop kidding yourself. You're lying to yourself. I have never observed anyone, anyone, who was not subject to the power person dynamic. Now, I've seen people who behave like they're exempt. Oh, no, well, no, that wouldn't happen to me. I wouldn't do that. And they're lying to themselves. And when they do the power person behavior, what happens is their mind lies to them by telling them that it's a different behavior than what their power person did. But it's the same thing. And so each time something untoward comes up in the mind and it's put out on someone else, it's a space to stop and go, oh, this is about me. Here's another piece of work I need to do. Oh, this little frustrating nudge in me, this little rage thing in me, this little disturbance in me is about me, and I now have the tools with which to free myself of it. And you can piece by piece, totally, completely, through first century Aramaic forgiveness, remove all of these power person dynamics from your mind and body. And when you do that, then your mind and body will become the place where the active presence of love incarnates and shows up in the world, which is what your mind and body are designed for. So we're here to support you recognizing the design for your life. Imagine holding a newborn child and you know exactly what human life is. And then remember as you experience holding that newborn life, that that's where you started and that's who you are. And all the other stuff is just insane stuff that doesn't belong. And as you begin to acquire the tools and clean the game up, life just becomes a whole different process. So we're here to support that process. If you're not familiar with the forgiveness tool, 
it is the absolutely, I believe, the most important key tool that ever came to planet Earth. It was delivered 2,000 years ago by the man named Yeshua. I've never seen it anywhere else on the planet, but there. And what he shows is how to collapse the projections of your mind, that it's all about everybody else, drop into the space inside of you, and remove. And that's what the word forgive means. Remove whatever dynamics are in the unconscious. And so that's what we're here to support. If you're not familiar with that, you're welcome to go to our website, whyagain.org. You scroll down a little bit, in the middle of the page, you'll see a red and white bullseye. Click on the bullseye. It'll walk you through the whole process. From stem to stern, along with 16 hours of, of radio shows where we've walked people, or free MP3 downloads, full set of custom instructions 16 times over for how to go through the forgiveness process, the worksheet. The worksheet is there. There's a link uh, when you click on the bullseye. It will give you a link to that. And if you look over to the right, you'll see that uh, there are uh, several social media links. The bottom one is a, uh, a link to YouTube. It's a little red square with a white arrow in it. If you click on that, it'll take you to our YouTube channel. And you can scroll down that list of, of links. I don't know, there are 40 or 50 uh, different videos on there. And you can look for the PowerPoint. And the PowerPoint presentation is a... 30 or pardon me a 24 minute explanation of what took me 35 years to learn from the Aramaic forgiveness process working with first century definitions and words uh, to come to understand exactly how that tool works and so watch that video it'll give you the whole picture and if there's any way we can support you that's what we're here for five days a week to uh, to answer your questions and bring the tools into full flower within your life and support you in this process of self-healing. So once again, we're honored that you're here. And Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us? Yes, he is. Well, let's say hello to the young man. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. Fabulous. Enjoying the intro. What's exciting and, in your world? Well, we had our support group last night our Thursday night group, and once again, it was just one other person and myself, and very intense work on one of Guy Finley's lectures. Apparently, he's got a, a series going where it's not it's not light fare. It's not an appetizer. It's the main course. It's digging deep into the work. They're going for the whole enchilada. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so um, it was intense. It was so intense, we stopped it and discussed a few times and didn't even finish we were about an hour and a half of time spent, and we only got through 40 minutes of the lecture. So <clears throat> so there's more to come with that. Fabulous. And, um, Maybe you'll text some me of the, and tell me the, the name of that. I can, uh, I'd love to hear it. Well, some of the um, content and, and the, the similarity between the content might be um, – portrayed in this quote in an email I got from, uh, you know, he sends out daily emails and to those who are signed up for his uh, wisdom school. And this one says, it makes no difference to whom or what we point the finger of pain when we figure to blame somebody else for our suffering. 
because until we are aware of our own hand in these unwanted moments, nothing can change. The unconscious assumption that the more negative we are towards a given situation, given the wrong we see that has been done to us, that the more negative we are proves that we are in the right, is like believing that the pain of overeating is the fault of the food set before us on the table. (laughs) Great, great quote. So um, it's just a joy to be able to have two nights a week with some of the most loving and dedicated people I've had the pleasure of being associated with in the past 40-some years of doing this kind of work. And uh, it's it's a rare uh, occurrence in my life, and I'm just savoring it, savoring the benefits of the Mind Shifter group and the process and the material that's been made available and as I've mentioned a few times before, when you haven't been here, I'm working my way again through the the 16 hours of audio from the past shows, beginning with Lynn and that powerful work she, she did to dismantle murderous rage she'd been carrying for 20 years. And it's just a, a pleasure to have that archive and be able to put something loving and productive and stimulating into my brain instead of talk radio or music or whatever else. So so I'm greatly appreciative of the show and of the process and of the archive and and it's an inside job. That's my offering okay. for today. Awesome. Very sweet. We certainly appreciate what you do, and uh, you know uh, everybody that we connect with that uh, works with you on a personal level up there in the Crystal Lake area is so blessed um, to have you as their personal therapist and/or the leader of the Mind Shifter Support Group. It's an awesome gift that you give to everyone, and we certainly appreciate deeply, deeply, deeply. Unfortunately, we're traveling uh, Saturday, so we don't have a show tomorrow. But uh, just thinking that, you know, if it were a show day and we had to be on the road where we couldn't get to uh, computers and such, that we could probably call Tim and Tim and say, of course I'll do it. And uh, so just, you know, much, much, much appreciation to you for what you do and the genius you bring to to the process is uh, a blessing for everybody. Well, thank you. You're very welcome and deserving, as we like to say. And I always, um, not always, but I've gotten lately into the habit of trying to remind people when they uh, thank me for my wisdom or whatever in one of these calls that all I'm doing is what we can all do, which is calming down, getting centered, and asking to be shown and tap into a far greater wisdom than my conscious logical mind can come up with. And I strongly encourage people to do that, to try it moment to moment, and see that what their own internal genius can show them. Yay, for sure. Yeah. It is is interesting that um, the truth is that we have at that, at the root of our being, that same genius. Everybody shares the same one. 
and everybody has the opportunity should they choose to uh, to use it to uh, to engage in that connection. So let's check with Jeannie and see if we've got anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room. Yeah, it's all quiet. Well, let's see. We've got about 25 minutes left. And so if there's anybody out there that we can uh, support with a question, if you're in the phone queue already, then all you have to do is hit one, and that will put your hand up and... I know that there are several questions out there from that introduction. I know that that introduction still challenges me. So if I were sitting in in uh, your town and Dr. Tim were on the stage with me and Dr. Tim shared the quote that he quoted about the, the hand that uh, that points the finger and I shared what I shared about the power person dynamic and the short form of the relationship killer words you made me and the long form being playing out the power person dynamic that ultimately destroys relationships. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to look at that dynamic. There's too much pain in it. But if they never look at it, it, it's guaranteed to create more and more and more and more pain. So, the safety of looking at it and dismantling it is just uh, amazing to understand. But I know that if I'd have been sitting in your local church or your local library or I'd presented it, Dr. Tim and I presented at the local university, and you were in the audience and afterward you'd be coming up with this question or that question or that. Well, what about this, Michael? Well, how about, well, then that's what we're here. They're the questions we're here to answer. And, you know, I know sometimes. I can remember you know, years ago when I would listen to somebody on talk radio, and, like, gee, my voice would get jittery, and I wasn't sure I'd be able to speak well. And so if any of that happens, just take a breath and forget it, let it go. Uh, and if your voice is jittery, that's perfectly fine. Your question is what's important. And so if there's anything in Tim's conversation or my conversation that raises a question for you or or that you need refinement for or would like support with, and that's what we're here to do. And Jeannie tells me we've got a caller, so let's say hello. Okay, it's actually not a caller, it's a comment in the chat room, so I needed to read it. That's why I was asking you to mute your phone. Um, and it is Erica, and she says um, she has a thought that she would like a response to. As a writer, I use a lot of my painful experiences to fuel my creative process. I had the thought that if I dismantle all this rage and anger and pain, then I'm not going to have anything to write about. What is everyone's thoughts about that? Well, here's my take. If you dismantle all of your pain and trauma that fuels your writing and you brought a full-fledged human life into form, into your body, you would be writing some of the most exciting material that has ever been on planet Earth or has been seen on planet Earth. Go back and read people like, for instance, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and look at what he wrote. He wrote from being. Go back and look at Yeshua. He taught from being. 
my dear, if you can do that, you will change the world. And everything that you've written to date, by comparison, not saying you're not writing great stuff now, but everything will look dull and lustless compared to what you'll write from being. And the gift you give the world, the world is panting, waiting to receive. And I'd love for you to call 646-200-4169 and, and communicate with me with your voice on that one instead of that chat room stuff. But anyway, great question because I hear you. And, you know, people, by and large, living out of pain is like, you know, going around in darkness and because everybody's going around in darkness, they think this is normal, and they think, well, you know, that's just the way life is, and it's not the way life is. Imagine holding a newborn. You know, if you haven't had the experience, go find a place where you can hold a brand new life, a newborn child, even a newborn kitten. doesn't matter. All of life when it comes into the world is that sweet presence of love. Imagine that every word you've ever written was wit- written from that sweet presence of love. What kind of uplift it would be to those who are in darkness. What kind of light you would bring to a world in darkness. You know, when Yeshua 2,000 years ago says, said, I am the light of the world, he made another statement where the only thing he changed was the pronoun. And he said, you are the light of the world. That original state of being, the, the, the unique presence of love that you are is what he was talking about. He said, don't hide your light under a bushel basket. What's the bushel basket? It's the hostility, fear, grief, rage, pain, drama, and trauma. And because everybody's doing it, it seems like it's something popular. But you hold up a light of being and share that with people. And uh, you're going to change the world. She said she doesn't have a cell phone. Oh, you don't have your cell phone? Okay. Ah, okay, well. Then I guess we'll just have to do it without voice communication, but we do look forward to the next time we hear your sweet voice and see your sweet face. And somebody's got a hand up. So thanks for the question. I hope that fit and uh, makes sense. And, And Jeannie? Five four one. Very good. Five four one. You're on the air. And if this is that young lady Julie from Ashland, Oregon, I was just wondering about you know with uh, with us finishing the intensive off, I was wondering about you this morning and just how you were doing out there from uh, in Ashland. Uh, you, uh, Julie was with us for the first uh, nine day codependence interdependence communication practice. So you were on my mind this morning, Julie. Wow, I'm honored. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, you've been on mine too. Um, I'm, I mean, you're you're my teacher. You're always on my mind. I'm always integrating what I've learned from you. Um, it's just so amazing, and the fact that uh, Erica brought up about writing, and and uh, Dr. Tim brought up about Guy Finley. Finley. Um, there's several things I could say. I'm getting excited about writing myself during the intensive. 
you may remember I had woken up one morning with a dream about writing a book, and um, right. I just feel like so so much is coming through me to get these um, these these principles out at a level for children and adults both to appreciate. I'm, I've just got like a series of books just brimming in me, and the thing that's the most fun is that. Um, it's an infinitely endless supply when we hook up to being and hook up to Rukadakusha and say, okay, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> and just to know that I can trust because it's going to unfold and that's going to be a fun experience for me to see if I can write a book and how it will unfold, whether or not I sell it. But I think I'm the kind of person that will stay with the process because it's right up my alley. I love to create. I, I play the piano, and I improvise, and I can sit there for an hour and play from one thing to another. And um, it's just, it's in me already. So I'm going to use this gift now. Um, instead of really trying to be a teacher, per se, and teach your exact, you know, uh, workshops, I... I'm using them in a different way, which feels a lot more integrated, and, and I'm excited about that. So, anyway, cool. thank you. <laughs> well, we, and, um, we, you didn't get to meet, you, before you moved to another topic, you didn't get to meet Camille, who was here at the intensive, but um, mm-hmm. she did just did the 16-Day Laws of Living, and she shared with us two children's books that she's written that were really sweet, and uh, she's actually working on, on finding an artist to illustrate them. Her, uh, She has a uh, possible publisher who says we need to get a famous artist to do them, so so that's something that's ongoing. So perhaps we'll Good. connect you up with Camille, and you guys can uh, create uh, mutual support in uh, in bringing these things forward to, uh, to children, because certainly if we can impact with kids, with uh, with these tools and these dynamics early enough in life, whoa, the amount of suffering that will be saved will just be enormous. Oh, you're not kidding. I And this morning I was writing a letter. It amounted to um, about 10 pages um, on the small size paper, 5 by five by eight or whatever it is, those little yellow pads, um, to a student's mom, because I teach piano also, and I have a new student who's four years old, and I have had this other student who was three when she started, and I I am committed to something different than there might be the expectation out there in the world that we want to start our child young so that they can get a head start on becoming a little Mozart. And, you know, the way families are these days they're not breeding that sort of thing really what i'm more concerned with is keeping the child's spirit alive and not putting it in a box that that kills it for them i've talked to so many adults who've had that killed for them their musical experience and instead i want to keep it alive and keep cultivating their own space of love for music and so I was writing all this and articulating it, and um, and I'm thinking, wow, I could I could <laughs> I could do something with what I just wrote, you know, as far as 
call myself a certain kind of school and and give my philosophy to the parents so that they can get behind it so that the children get to freely express instead of getting all boxed into rules and regulations and then they become a cultural puppet you know i know you know these things <laughs> so um so i'm having fun with this and if you want to say something First, I'll, I'll wait, but I have to say something about Guy Finney, Finley, too. No, that's cool. Uh, we hold the space that uh, it sounds like you're really touching into uh, another level of your purpose and your creative expression in the world, and it's awesome that it'll align with these principles and uh, and bring it to kids. That's that's fabulous. I know that uh, and in the music realm, you know, I when I was a kid, I wanted to play the guitar, and my parents decided that I should take accordion lessons and and after six months of uh, scales on the accordion, they took me to be tested and said, this kid should take lessons and that was the end of my musical career. <laughs> I, I know what you speak of, of the box. You know? I know what you speak of where where the adult can't hear the creative impulse of the child and has to put it in their terms and... Uh, you know, the accordion yeah. just wasn't a thing that a kid back then wanted to play with. <laughs> At least not this kid. Oh, oh, you you didn't want to. I didn't want to have anything to do with an accordion. I wanted to play the guitar. I mean, maybe if I'd been in the Alps, the accordion would have been fine. But <laughs> <laughs> that's I, I, I hear the box that you're talking about now. You know, that expression <laughs> is closed in. And, so and I, I still love music, well, but, uh, okay. but the creative expression in that arena was just shut down. Or, you know, it's possible because I do have such a love of music. That, and I was just saying that to somebody this morning in the, the closure session of the class, that, uh, that actually I may not be doing this work. I might have been in music if it weren't for that. So, you know, who knows what the gifts are and how they come. Yeah, I know, Michael. During the intensive, you mentioned that um, you had had a recording studio or something, which I never knew about before. And you didn't go into it too much, but so you must have loved music a lot to be in that field. I did. I did. I had a partnership in a, a recording studio in Nashville, actually, back uh, many moons ago, another lifetime. Wow. Well, anyway, um, someday we can talk about that. I'd love to hear it. Um, well, the thing about Guy Finley is I always thought it was Finney, but it's Finley, so I'm changing my my, my pronunciation. Um, I have always respected what Dr. Tim would bring to us about him, and lo and behold, my favorite radio station that I, I know I'm still in process to get you on um, is uh, they had Guy Finley on, I think it was Monday, and and he was talking about his new course. It's a webinar that's coming up, um, and it's called um, something that my relationship ma- magic, something like that. And um, but it turns out he lives in Grants Pass, which is you know thirty minutes away from me, forty minutes. And yeah, he's so, got a beautiful spot. He's a neighbor of yours. Just. Yeah. Awesome that he's got there. I've been in there and visited. Tim introduced oh. me to him a few years ago. Yeah, that's just amazing. <laughs> so anyway, I might look into uh, what he's got to offer and, you know, just to get connected with him and that sort of thing. 
Um, and he also came from Hollywood. You probably already know that. So he's he's actually, I asked him, could you please write a screenplay, you know, that teaches these things and actually has these kinds of resolutions at the end instead of nothing going anywhere except the same old misery in another form. <laughs> and he said, right. yes, I'm working on it right now. And, you know, he's got people cool. that he's going to connect with. So anyway, um, so thank you, everyone. And... I I was wondering, I missed the introductory remarks today, and I'll go listen to them, but um, how's everyone doing on this last day? They're, I guess they're all, I mean, I heard Gail this week being sad and, and grieving, having to say goodbye to everyone. Is everyone, how's everyone doing? Well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I think it was four or five of the group yesterday afternoon on the intermission sat down and did a community worksheet on grief and loss of the energetic support because the 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 energy has just been in the intensive it's just been amazing and mm-hmm. so there was one person who wasn't part of that who was sharing you know some of their sadness at uh, at departing and uh, then another person who has done several intensives over the years and was sharing that as a result of that worksheet, instead of being in tears as she's leaving, that she was actually quite delighted and enjoyed to be on the road and ready to take it out on the next level. So so several people mm-hmm. did a worksheet together, like a community worksheet on that issue. That's I think inspired by Dr. Kim's remarks on the show. So, yeah, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. But everybody yeah. has flown the coop. We got a couple of folks actually from out in Oregon that will be uh will be or pardon me, uh, uh Portland. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Uh that will be they'll be getting to the airport tomorrow and of course Ari uh will be getting on a plane back to Chicago and we'll be hooking up a trailer by ten o'clock tomorrow morning and uh driving it about two hours down the road to Ellington, Florida for uh for our next sojourn and uh experience. So all things you're, moving you're forward. Riding. You're going back to your home yes. that you rented to write and continue. Yes, good. Yes. I'm so glad you're That's doing that. Yes. Yep. Yep, well, we did, thank uh, you for. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say thank you for coming out of your hibernation there because you do need to do that sometimes to really focus. And uh, thanks for doing the intensives that you did this month. Delighted. We were glad to have you be part of it. Mm-hmm. How, how is your world looking uh, at this this uh, writing, the children's books, and uh, integrating some of these ideas is uh, a new energy for you, and I hear you speaking of it with a new enthusiasm. Is that uh, one of the fruits of the work you did at the intensive, do you feel, or uh, oh, how's the yeah, intensive impacted you? Um, I, it was an unexpected fruit. You know, it was one that I buried you know, that, well, before I can do that dream, I have to take care of all this other crap in my life, excuse me. <laughs> and I still have the crap in my life. I have clutter and seeming disorganization, but I'm realizing that, I well, I have a whole new energy of approaching it and, and not having it be such a jail cell for me. I'm, I'm out of jail now, I think. Can I? And cool. so... Yeah, and I'm really listening to inner guidance instead of the outer world, which actually frees me up quite a bit from 
so much time absorbed listening to what others think. You know, I'm listening to what's inside of me now a lot more. So. Awesome. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Thank you, well, Let me Michael. give you a little secret. Let me share a little mm-hmm. secret that I came across back a few years ago. And every time that somebody tells you that a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, ask them what an empty desk is a sign of. <laughs> I like that. Ooh, I like that. For me, it's an emptying the space to let creativity to come through even more. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just cool. redesigning. All I'm right. redesigning. I have a good space, and I'm just going to change how I use it. That's all. Change awesome. the awesome. resonance. Change the resonance, not the residence. Right. Right. We hold the space <laughs> and I look forward to the next time we get to see you. All right. Thanks, Michael. Bye. Blessings. All right. Blessings. Take care. All righty. Bye-bye. All right, Gene, do we have anybody else with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? Nope. Things are quiet on the home front. Three minutes. We've got three minutes, so time is um, is slipping away here. Dr. Tim, any other thoughts before we close out the show? Well, just that I I am planning to participate in uh, Guy Finley's series on relationship, and I'll be happy to report how it uh, moves the work in a different direction or the same direction. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think it starts on Sunday. Fabulous. Now, this this is a webinar. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where you can sign up and, and pay, I don't know whether it was 20 bucks or whatever. His All of his uh, CDs and videos are very reasonably priced, but you can sign right. up for it, and then you get links to the talks. And some of them are just audio, and some of them are audio and video. So I will cool. I will be happy to make a report. Fabulous, sir. Much appreciation. Everyone, we appreciate you providing the ears to hear the material and the hands that do the work and the hearts that heal and sharing those hearts far and wide across the globe as we move toward making these tools available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. You know, we may be the first generations it has conceived of where there is hostility, fear, sadness, rage, guilt, that that there is a very specific how-to tool for literally emptying those things out of your mind and your body. And it's an awesome thing to understand that that's possible in a world that thinks they're just stuck with it all and that it's all somebody else's fault. And so we're delighted that you're providing the space for, uh, for hearing and doing the work. We're honored that you join us each day that you do. If you'd like to support this work, There's a donate button on our website, and we appreciate any support that anyone chooses to do in that regard. And in the meantime, we hold the space for you to have the best year yet of your eternal life, and we'll look forward to the next time we get face-to-face. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Wright and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday 
on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Evolving continuously.